everybody. So we're going to get into one more read. This is a book that I believe has been on many people's bookshelves when it comes to self-improvement. It is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. This book I read in early 2020, and it absolutely just shifted my mindset into what I thought was important finance-wise into what it actually is. What rich people do is vastly different from what middle-class families do. And just the distinction between what one class values versus the other really is going to change the way you invest your money if you're investing at all. So listen up. All right. So what I've been doing for years is I've been taking all these books I've been reading and putting it into a one pager in my journal. And now I'm just going to read from that page that I have. Okay. So first bullet point is that the poor and the middle class work for money. The rich have money work for them. And the way to put your money to work is by putting it in the market. If you're listening to this, I do get some podcast analytics and I know most of you are in the United States. And what's cool is that even if you're not from the United States, you can still invest in the U.S. market. The U.S. market is a powerhouse, okay? On average, it is going up. It is going up and you should invest in index funds more than anything because index funds, you're not paying all these commission fees and all these types of fees to get a, a, a money manager basically to manage your funds for you, moving it around, thinking they can beat the market. You cannot beat the market. There is no one on earth that can beat the market, okay? And if they do every once in a blue moon, they can't repeat it. So what you want to do, you want to put in an index fund. It's going to pay you beautiful dividends and it's going to be great. And it's on average, it goes up. And there are going to be some corrections. A correction is when the market drops by at least 10%. On average, corrections occur once a year, but it usually only lasts two months. And then 80% of corrections don't turn into bear markets. Bear markets are when the market drops by 20% or more. And historically, keep this in mind, bear markets occur every three to five years only last around a year though, okay? And every single bear market, keep this in mind, every single bear market has turned into a bull market. So when markets are low, everything's on sale. Does this remind you of anything with COVID? When the markets tanked, oh my gosh. I had a field day with Tesla, I had a field day with all kinds of these options. I just went full in because everything was so low. Uh, Bitcoin is still a bit low right now and if you're as bullish on that as I am, you know you're buying right now. So just, this is not financial advice, by the way. I don't want to get sued. And also it's to protect you, not just me. So if you really want to get money advice on what is specifically to invest in, go talk to a financial advisor, okay? This is not financial advice. But the principle still stands. When, when the markets are low, that's a great time to invest, in my opinion. All right, so let's keep going. Rich people acquire assets. The poor and middle class acquire liabilities they think are assets. So if you know anything about Grant Cardone, you know how his stance is about buying real estate. Like Not everyone should buy a home because a lot of people think it's an asset. But in reality, it's not paying you any money back, is it? It's an actual liability empirically. And so what you want to do is you want to invest in, in money that pays you back. If you are going to go into real estate, Kiyosaki says you should try to rent it out and like have it pay money back to you and focus on assets. Assets basically are going to give you money back. It's not, it's not just a hole for your wallet. All right, listen up and listen close. Kiyosaki says there are five real assets. Number one are stocks. Number two are bonds. Number three is real estate. Number four are IOUs. And number five are royalties. Those are the five real assets. Focus on those. And, oh, this is a great one. The power of association. Friends with money talk about money. You need to learn from them. My family is a great family. Everything's great. But 
money has been somewhat of a taboo topic I've, I've noticed when uh, whenever I do end up bringing it up. Luckily, I can talk about it within the family. That's fine. But when we have others come around and I know that they come from money, I know culturally I'm not supposed to talk about it. But what I have noticed, like my friends who do have money and I've met people with money, they talk about money. When why would you not? Because it's so exciting to be able to grow that and learn from others and make it grow. And the other aspect of money talk is that money is actually spiritual. Everyone's using money as a vehicle to improve their business and improve the community around them because the only successful businesses, like truly successful businesses, are when the business owners believe in the products and services they're pushing out because they know it changes lives. And I know I do sales and I know that sounds kind of like a salesy thing to say, but I truly believe in the things I'm pushing. Like the sales I do, one of the people I sell for is an e-com guy who is an absolutely great person. But I know his Amazon and, and Walmart stores actually have been converting insane amount. And it's actually making a lot of people get this passive income monthly, which has been beautiful to see. And I see what these clients have done with their lives and that new income. And so I believe in the product so much that I talk about it and it comes off in my speech. And so people with money... They're super excitable. They have a lot of energy because they're they're the people changing the world. And then you'll notice people who shy away from talking about money, they have the scarcity mindset built in. because Through that fear, they have that scarcity mindset built in. You can't escape money. Money is not the root of all evil. It is not. That is one of the worst mindsets you could have. Learn to make money. And one of the best ways to learn to make money is to learn from people who already have money and find ways to make money in more creative ways. There's nothing wrong with being friends with money and talking to them about how they made money. That's the only way you're going to break out of this. All right. And then Kiyosaki talks about the four areas of financial IQ. Number one is accounting. You need to know basic accounting at, at the base level. Okay. You can also pay for an accountant, a CPA to do your taxes for you. I highly suggest that. But just know basic, basic accounting. Know what a balance sheet is. Know what an income statement looks like. Just basic accounting is really good. The second pillar is investing. You need to be familiar with investing. You, you ideally should be investing yourself if you're a young person. You should at least know when to buy, what you're buying, what your portfolio looks like. Do that yourself before you hand that off to someone else. I don't suggest you delegate that to someone else just yet if you're young. Learn how to do that yourself. Learn what it feels like when you lose big and learn how to, what it feels like when you win big. It is part of the game and it's something you should learn how to do and be familiar with. The third pillar is the law. The law is extremely important. I, of course, would suggest that if you can pay less tax, you absolutely should because it's not a gift to the government. And also these loopholes are written in by lawmakers for themselves and their families, so you should absolutely take advantage of them. But also, we know, at least in the United States, that a lot of the tax money is wasted. And so if you actually want to put into a cause you believe in, in a charity you believe in, you should have the power with your money to put it in those places. A lot of the money that goes into the government gets lost. I know that for a fact. I actually worked with the IRS as a client of mine when I was doing government contracting. The whole building in the IRS, I, I would go all the way to the Orange Line in Washington, D.C., Ride it all the way from Vienna to New Carrollton. And New Carrollton, that's where the IRS building is. And it's humongous, multi-story building at the Badge Inn. And all the desks are empty. There's a lot of waste, especially in the IRS. There's a lot of waste, a lot of waste. So learn the legal codes. Be friends with a lawyer and hire a lawyer. It's one of the best investments you can make. These people study the law so you don't have to. But you should also be familiar with it. 
And then also on a side note, legalese, which is basically, it's like the slang word for it, but the way lawyers talk to each other, the language they use on documents, it is designed to push the middleman out. It's designed to push the average Joe out of the conversations. Just read up on the common words that are brought up in legalese, just so that you can be familiar with it. And because if you have a law degree, you probably are familiar with the with the language. But if you're not, just be very familiar with the language so you're not lost in, in any of the conversations with your lawyer. Fourth pillar is understanding markets. You need to understand basic markets and market patterns. Uh, early in the episode, I was talking about what a bull market was, what a uh, bear market is. And also just understand that when Tokyo is going to sleep, New York is waking up and the London markets have a very high influence still on, on New York. And just understand basic uh, markets, o bolsas en español, and just be able to have the open mind to dig into any different kind of markets. Past few years, the crypto market has been huge. And so if you want to be familiar, or rather, sorry, if you want to diversify your portfolio, you need to be familiar with all different kinds of markets in different countries. You want to diversify across different asset classes and also different countries. So that way, when one side of your portfolio goes down, the other side can be either safe or go up. So that's what you want to do. Here's another fun, uh, fun fact from the book. He says that a corporation earns, spends everything it can, and it's taxed on anything that has left. It's one of the biggest loopholes that the rich use. So I highly suggest that if you have a project service that you're pushing and selling, that you create an LLC at the minimum, okay? And that protects you and your personal assets from getting sued. Say someone like bought your service and God forbid it was like a bad service and you weren't doing, you're fulfilling your part. They won't come after your personal money. They'll come after the money from the business. And Aside from that, what the main point of this is, you can use all the loopholes and advantages of being a corporation that you cannot use as an individual. So read into that. And the number one expense for most people is taxes. Learn the tax codes of where you live. Go to Dubai if you don't have, if you're working remotely, that is highly suggest you go to Dubai. The tax rate is zero. Just learn what you wanna do. Learn it though, that's the main thing. Learn the tax rules of where you wanna be because that tends to be the biggest expense for most people. And again, it's not about how much money you make, it's about how much you keep. A lot of people are losing a lot of money. Like my, my, I have good friends in California. These people are paying an absurd amount of tax, almost 40%. And you need to just realize that you don't have to. It's not, it's not the 1950s anymore. Like you don't have to work in the city where your industry is. You can work remotely. And I understand that a lot of jobs aren't remote, but if you have that option, just realize, and I say this because I, I've sat down with people and I've seen the click in their eyes. You don't have to stay where you work. If there's an option to work remote and that's something you wanna do, you don't have to pay the insane tax rates that you are just because you like your zip code. No one cares about your zip code unless you do, okay? Assets put money in your pocket, liabilities take money out. That is the key takeaway from this book. I love this book. It was very, very direct and to the point. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with it, basically tells the story of Robert Kiyosaki. It may or may not be a true story, but he had his actual father who was a PhD, very smart academic guy, but had the scarcity mindset and, and basically the mindset that middle class America does where you just need to go to school, go to school, get a job, and just fight, fight, fight until you can retire at age 65 back then. And he had another family friend who was his rich dad 
who basically went against all that. He found how to leverage value, gave a lot of value to people, made a lot of money and learned all these rules I just I just laid out. And he basically had two dads is the story. And so this uh, book goes through many different examples, contrasting that rich dad with that poor dad and how basically that summarizes what middle American families believe and what the rich families actually do and believe and how they differentiate and cause generational wealth to appear in front of your eyes within your lifetime. And that's something that is available for all of us. And so my greatest takeaway from this really is that we must talk about money more often. And it's one of the best things you can do because not only is money something you spend for yourself, like a lot of people think, oh, I don't need money. Okay, cool. You might not. I personally could sleep on the beach. I have slept on the airports. I don't need much. I, I, my comfort level is fine. It's all in my head. I know that. But I want to have a family soon. And I know for them, their comfort levels are different. They need, obviously, when my, when my kids are growing up, they're going to need calories and food. So I need to have a good safety net for them. I need to build up money. So rather than being selfish and thinking about myself, I need to think about other mouths to feed and other, other people, my wife. Like I need to... I need to keep my open mind about money. And so one of the best things I've ever done, this is years ago now, but I have a positive relationship with money. I love money. And I'm not scared to say that. Money is not evil. And being able to talk about money and have an open heart towards money is going to change your life. So many people I know who are frugal or are very have negative connotations around money, they actually struggle the most with money. And I know that money is a spiritual thing. Business is spiritual. If you just open your heart up and try to deliver value out to the world, you're going to make so much money. And especially right now, we got to thank God that we are in the internet age. You can make so much money. There's so much money out there. And so I really hope you guys take the lessons in this book and run with it. It's one of the best, best reads you can do for yourself. And if you want to hear anything more in depth about it, let me know and I'll be sure to cover it. All right, guys. Peace.